This episode of Trek Geeks is brought to you exclusively by Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Discovery Starships Collection, officially authorized by CBS Studios. Subscribe today and receive the USS Shenzhou for only $9.95 with free shipping. For additional information on this incredible collection, please visit eaglemoss.com slash discovery starships. Hi, this is Michelle Specht. I play Dr. Elise McKenna on Star Trek Continues. Oh my God, I'm totally fangirling right now because I just met Dan Davidson and Bill Smith of the Trek Geeks podcast. Oh my gosh, they are amazing. Coming to you from Podfleet Command and the official charm school located atop the academy. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, your independent Star Trek podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. We've got a different kind of episode on tap for you today, something we're really excited about. It's going to be super positive, and I suppose because it is, I have to be super positive about introducing my co-host... And the most super positive thing I can say about him is he's Dan Davidson. Hey, Dan. Welcome to the show. Wow. Uh, wow. Super positive, though. Yeah, it, it sounded it. I could. I, you were oozing with positivity. Uh, I, guess that's, I guess that's my job, so I'll take over for you now. Bill, I am so happy to be here. I can't think of anybody else I'd rather be doing podcasting with than you, my friend. And every week, it's just like a ray of sunshine coming in to brighten my day when I hear your tones coming through the airwaves. <laughs> you know, it's possible to oversell things, and I think you might have breached into that territory today. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to be fake to be good. So there you go. Wow. Dan Davidson, School of Life, rule one. Sometimes you have to be fake to be good. Wow. I can't wait to, to just keep jotting these down for the ages, buddy. <laughs> That's what I do. No, it's great to be here. Looking forward to today's conversation. You came up with this idea a few weeks back and, and floated it to me, and I'm like, wow, that sounds like it could be something really, really cool. So as you indicated just a few seconds ago, we're, we're taking some, some episodes that we might not like too much in Star Trek and we're going to say something nice about them. Sounds like a fun, fun time. Well, and who better to join us than the guy who constantly says nice things about Star Trek because he loves talking about Star Trek and ranking Star Trek. That's right, Dan. Our special guest geek for the full hour will be no one else other than Mr. Trek Ranks himself, the lovely and talented Jim Morehouse. Awesome. I love talking. To Is he going to bring up the whole Enterprise firing the phasers thing? Hey, might. I mean, I'm that's gonna, a thing. Pew, I'm pew, gonna, pew and all that. Yeah, I'm going to nip that in the bud right away. But yeah, we, we jest, of course. We love having Jim on. He's been on like four times now. 
So uh, he is a recurring guest that we love to to talk to and we love to hear. And of course, he has a fantastic podcast over there on the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network called Trek Ranks. And uh, we're going to be thrilled to be talking to him about Say Something Nice here today. Well, Dan, it occurs to me that everybody out there may have something nice to say about an episode of Star Trek they may not care for particularly or comments or suggestions or questions about why we might dislike a particular episode. How might they route those to us, sir? Well, uh, you know, it's so easy to get in touch with us, Bill, that even a pack lead could do it. So all you need to do is head on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and you'll find a variety of ways to get in touch with us. You can leave us voicemail. You can Skype chat us up, or you can fill out the contact form and leave us a message about anything that you might want to talk about or say something nice. And you can even say something nice about bill plus don't forget you can click on that big blue button on the right side of the website to leave us a voice message using SpeakPipe. and uh, as always we really want you to join our official facebook group camp kittimer tons of fun stuff going on over there like polls and star trek pictures and we got a little thing out there right now to fill out for an upcoming see it or skip it episode and you're going to get the friday commute celebrations when bill and i do a weekly lip sync uh, on our way home from work on friday um, also the big bonus is you're going to get early access to the Trek geeks podcast just for being a member over there. So head right on over to facebook.com slash groups slash camp Kittimer. And one of our admins will let you right in to join in all the fun, all the fun. And, uh, you got to remember though, that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places, any of these places may be used in a future episode, Bill. Any of these places. Just want to reiterate that since, you know, it's, it's important. Any it's a great effort. Effort. Yes. <laughs> Every time you use the word effort now, I expect you to repeat it just and like Kevin's Fajo. Yeah. I will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great job, buddy. Um, we got some news to talk about, and then we're going to give away some little starships, which I'm very excited about. So, uh, yes! uh, whoa. Let's bring yes! that. Well, okay. It's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. And Sesame Street for all the news on all the Star Treks, yo. It's treknews.net. <laughs> online at treknews.net uh so that sounded like cookie monster meets scooby-doo am i wrong about this you are 100 percent accurate buddy <laughs> <laughs> I, and that's right. amazing because i'm only on my second cup of coffee so uh congratulations to me i'm the big one pre- you're 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 a good man i like to say something nice wow i know that's it's you're supposed to say nice things when you mean them dan oh sorry yeah so, Dan, there's not a lot of news this week, but one story is kind of hitting close to home for you and I, and and literally. Very close to home. Uh, people of New England, please listen up. And for those who want to travel to New England also, uh, uh, for some reason, if you're not heading out this uh, August out west to join us at STLV, fear not, because some big Trek names will be in Boston, Massachusetts shortly thereafter. Yes, the Fan Expo Boston, which is formerly known as Boston Comic-Con, will be taking place 
August 10th through the 12th. And Star Trek is going to be well represented by the likes of, oh, Brent Spiner, Christopher Lloyd, and some guy named William Shatner. So very big names going to be there. And in addition to some great Star Trek uh, stars, other guests are going to include Michael J. Fox, Leah Thompson, and Thomas Wilson from Back to the Future, which you could also mix Christopher Lloyd in there, of course. Jeff Goldblum from the Jurassic Park movies is going to be there. And also Billy D. Williams from Star Wars drinking his Colt 45, just to name a few. It's pretty awesome. I, I'm probably not going because we're just getting back from Vegas, but uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good lineup, man. That's a fantastic lineup. I, I definitely won't be there because my wife is running a Spartan race that weekend. Nice. And I, we'll, we'll be in Vegas the weekend before. <laughs> so I hey, you like to, yeah, I you like to live. Happening, yeah. I guarantee you that I won't be there. But um, it does. It, they usually draw a great crowd. We were down there once a couple of years ago to have dinner with Vic Mignogna, mm-hmm. and that place was busy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, a lot of cosplay going on too. Yeah, it's a great convention. It's a. Uh, it's one that is very popular in the Boston area, and people come from all over New England. So uh, definitely some great uh, guests so far, and, and they're they're going to keep adding guests. They always do. So yeah, it's, it was pretty. We had a great time when we were down there for uh, the Creation Convention a few years back, of course. So uh, this one is something maybe somebody will be able to check out. It's always good to have Star Trek uh, represented at these comic cons. But Bill, as uh, as I'm going to be in Disney next week. Uh, you're going to be representing Trek Geeks at a pretty awesome event up in Concord, New Hampshire, aren't you? I am. I'm going to the Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan screening with the aforementioned William Shatner. He who will always be Captain James Tiberius Kirk. I'm very excited about this. I, I've, it's uh, Friday the 18th, I believe. I'm not looking at a calendar, but I think Friday's the 18th. And um, it's going to be at the Capitol Theater in Concord, New Hampshire. Sort of the oldest theater in town in the state capitol. And... Uh, Shatner's going to do a Q&A afterwards, which will be great. Although I'm still wondering how he's going to be able to ask answer questions about this movie because he's never watched himself. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> we have talked about that a few times. The other thing is um, I got a question for you because I didn't I'm not going. So I didn't purchase a ticket. Yeah. I hope it's not going to be like when he was in New York a couple weeks ago and it was like fifteen hundred dollars a person just to talk to him. No, no, no. That's uh, that was just at the the Star Trek original series set tour where they yes they came up with that <clears throat> cash grab. Um, but you know there were other you know like you could get you know a photo with them for what eighty or hundred bucks or whatever. And, and it's the same thing at this one. There's a special ticket level that get, gets you a photo with Shatner or a meet and greet. Gotcha. And um, I'm just I'm just going for the screening. I've had my photo taken with him before. Um, but that's that alone. I mean how. How many more opportunities like this are there going to be? You know, well, that's exactly right. And the fact that he's going to be in New Hampshire, you know, you know, there's 50 states, and usually the big names are in the big cities like New York and Boston and L.A. and and places like that. But Concord, New Hampshire, William Shatner, that's pretty awesome. I'm 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 sorry, I'm I'm not going to be there to to go there with you, but I know that you're going to represent us great, and uh, I'll be enjoying Disney, so I can't really complain too much. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, the last time there was a Star Trek convention in New Hampshire was 20 years ago, maybe. And, and maybe it was less, maybe it was a little more, but, you know, like Marina Sirtis was there and I think Brent Spiner was there and a few others, but I don't think Shatner's ever been to any kind of Star Trek related thing in New Hampshire. I could be wrong about that. Well, I hope you have a great time, man. It's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be fun. I, I'm excited. I can't wait. So Dan, lastly, I mean, this is not really news, but 
You remember a couple of weeks ago, we asked people to tell us about their favorite starships for the chance to win the USS Enterprise NCC-1701D from Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Starships collection. And we're going to announce the winners right now. Right now. We had tons of responses. I think this this may be the most responses we've got for anything that we've done for a contest on Twitter. So we want to thank everybody who took part in it. We really loved reading all of the responses. We want to congratulate four very special people because they have just won the USS Enterprise one uh, NCC-1701D. So uh, congratulations to Chris from Colorado, Rob from New Jersey, Chris from Nevada and Joshua from California. Congratulations. Uh, you guys have all won that great uh, starship from Eagle Moss. We're going to be in touch with you uh, on Twitter so that we can get your shipping information and we will get the ship and the awesome magazine to you straight away. Congratulations, guys. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we didn't give out their Twitter handles because we didn't want anybody to break into their houses and steal this amazing starship. Um, because it's it's gorgeous and it's going to be a great addition to all of their collections. So congrats to all of them for sure. Speaking of Eagle Moss, we want to take a few minutes to tell everybody about the official Star Trek Discovery Starships collection from our friends at Eagle Moss Collections. Oh, yes. Officially authorized by CBS Studios, this special collection features brand new ship concepts and designs from the first from the first season of CBS's Star Trek Discovery. You know, Bill, each one has gone through extensive reference study and has been reproduced under the supervision of Star Trek expert Ben Robinson for accuracy and detail. Now, the first thing that you're going to notice when you receive your first ship, which is the USS Shenzhou NCC-1227, is that it's large. It's larger size than the ones from the official uh, Star Trek Starships collection. It's almost eight inches, Bill, from the front of the saucer to the rear of the warp nacelles. It's gorgeous. All of these ships in the collection are in this larger scale. They're made of die-cast metal and ABS materials, and they're hand-painted with reference to the actual CG models that are used in production of Discovery. Well, and of course, every single one of these ships comes with that Eagle Moss display base and a collector's magazine. We, I love those magazines. They are so amazing. They've got all the behind-the-scenes info, original design sketches, and a breakdown of the technology on board, which I just I love reading through these things. Now, the first ship in the collection, the USS Shenzhou NCC-1227, is available to subscribers for only $9.95 with free shipping at eaglemoss.com slash discovery starships. You know, Bill, I'm holding the Shenzhou right now in my hand. Oh, my God. It is so amazingly gorgeous and like i said it's big it's almost eight inches it's it's not sitting just in my hand it's overflowing out of my hand <laughs> <laughs> the detail on these ships are really amazing the fact that they're hand painted really is something that i love um i i can just picture myself sitting on the bridge under the saucer section which by the way i love about the shenzhou that the bridge is underneath the, the, yes. the saucer it's so gorgeous. Um, so you're going to get that one first and then additional models, including, yes, the iconic USS Discovery NCC-1031. 
is going to be available. The USS Kerala NCC-1255 and the reimagined Klingon Bird of Prey, which we just got some shots of recently from the convention held in Germany. They're all going to be available and they're going to ship monthly at an exclusive 20% discount off the standard retail price. And again, Free shipping on all of these. That's that's just amazing when you're a subscriber. Um, as a subscriber, you're also entitled to free gifts worth over a hundred bucks, and uh, you can cancel your subscription at any time. Uh, full details. Head right on over to eaglemoss.com/slash/discoverystarships. Now, of course, fans who'd like to purchase their favorite starships individually can certainly do so either online at shop.eaglemoss.com, or you can also do it at your local comic book shop for the regular price. But don't forget to subscribe. I mean, that's where the value is. And that's at eaglemoss.com slash discovery starships. And we truly thank Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Discovery Starships collection for sponsoring this week's episode. You know, Dan, one of the best parts about being a Star Trek fan is that there is something to love about everything. And over the last few years, you and I have taken a more critical look at some episodes. But I think that one of the the great things that Ye old Trek Ranks podcast has reminded me of is that there is just so much to love. And that kind of inspired the episode we're going to do tonight. Yeah, normally um, uh, when it's me and you talking, we don't usually say something nice about each other. But as you said, with Star Trek, we can always find something nice to say. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to take some episodes that we have been critical of or maybe not have and just have never talked about these particular episodes we're going to talk about them, and we're going to say something nice. Isn't that nice, Bill? We're going to say something nice. And I think it's great, because even in the, in the worst Star Trek in our own minds, there's still a silver lining. Absolutely. And you just, you just hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, we are going to bring in a guest who can always find a silver lining in any dark Star Trek cloud. He is... I can't, you know, you do the introductions normally at the beginning of the Trek, uh, Trek Geeks podcast, and they're awesome. Um, this guy needs no introduction. He's now getting ready to enter his second year of the Trek Ranks podcast. He has become a legend in just that short amount of time. He is the one and only Enterprise Extra himself. Yeah, he fired the freaking phasers. We'll get that right out of the way right now. It's Jim Morehouse. Jim, welcome back to Trek Geeks. We're happy to have you, buddy. Pew, pew. Just a couple of times. <laughs> Just a couple of times I fired the phasers on the show. Anyway, uh, yeah, I am so glad to be here. I love this topic. I'm fired up you guys are doing it. Because there's times when I'm driving, I'm like, oh, shut up, you guys. Why are you ripping that? What are you? Oh, argh, those guys. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a great reminder that, you know, we, we, there may be some episodes we dog on, but deep down inside, we're still going to watch them because they're Star Trek and we love Trek. And if if your show has taught me anything, it's that... It, it's all worth loving, even with its warts. And and I think that's why we came up with the idea to do Say Something Nice. That's awesome. And that's kind of the whole reason I started Trek Ranks, because I listen to so many podcasts, and there's always that level of – sometimes it gets a little too nitpicky, or there's just something where it's like too negative. I'm just like, I just all I want to talk about is the reasons we love Star Trek. I thought oh, that would actually be pretty good to merge with my Trek Ranks website. So that was the genesis of this thing. Genesis? Oh. <laughs> Planet Forbidden. That's, wow. It's going to be one of those nights. Before, you out, like, before we get started, I've been getting over a very bad cold. I'm still coughing a little bit. I may mute from time to time. But Jim, I promised 
You never know when it's going to happen. We were talking about Gilligan's Island. Ink, ink, ink. <laughs> I had to get it out of the way. That's for oh, you. That's, that's superb. Gilligan. That was, that was fantastic. That's certainly better than your Roadhouse reference last episode. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. Bye. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> well, gentlemen, the rules for tonight are pretty simple. Um, we've each come up with about five picks for an episode that we just really don't enjoy all that much. And there couldn't be any reason. So you'll tell us what episode it is, a brief statement on why you might not like it as much as other Trek episodes. And then the real challenge tonight is to say something nice about that episode. It can be anything. It could be a production value. It could be a scene. It could be a particular actor's performance. It could be anything. So that's kind of how we're going to progress. So I figure we'll round Robin and uh, we'll see which episodes we really can't stand and and stuff. How's that sound? Yes, sir. Sounds fantastic. Awesome. Well, in which case, I, I, Jim, as the, the guest of honor here, the, the special guest geek for the full hour, um, why don't you go first and tell us which episode you're going to say something nice about? All right. So I'm going to cheat right off the bat. Because I am picking, as people who follow me and know, the one thing in Star Trek that drives me crazy is the animated series. So I'm picking the episode Yesteryear, which is actually the best animated series episode. I'm going to give it full credit. But let me just start with the animated series. So you can read on TrekRanks.com my case against the animated series, which, by the way, is not in the encyclopedia, which is one of my key arguments for uh, arguing against it as can. It's only, only written by Mike Okuda and Denise Okuda. Anyway, only, only. I, my point with the animated series, I refuse to give it a free pass because the filmation and, you know, the filmation techniques that, that burn and churn company of the Saturday morning cartoon fame. I hope Aaron Harvey's not listening to this for me, their work. It's not kitschy or retro cool. It's just cheap and it's terrible. And the biggest false narrative about all of the animated series is that because they're not constrained by budgets and the ability to you know shoot these live action scenes, that they have these big grandiose Star Trek stories. And they don't. They're just kids' stories. They're they're just they're not clever. They're not that smart. They're just uh, it's just basically for animated series for little kids, and that's fine if that's what you love. But my thing is, I like things that are for adults and kids. Like a Pixar movie is brilliant for kids, but it's also smart for adults. And so is Star Trek, not the animated series. Anyway, so I'll get off my my uh, my horse there. But the uh, so what I'm picking from the animated series that I love, and it happened to appear in yesteryear, is the Salot. Our nice. first ever look at the Salot, which I love. The animated series for because I love the Sailor with their the the big like saber fangs and like I don't know if it's a cross between a dog and a bear or what, but I love Spock's Sailor. I love that we got to see it later in the Vulcan trilogy, the Forge episode, and obviously it's a reference to Journey to Babel. So for that single thing in the animated series, I. I'm grateful for. I love. I love that big. That big fluffy sailor. If I hate when he dies, uh, <laughs> teddy bear. <laughs> a teddy bear. Dan, what do you think of Jim's pick? 
I love it. Um, I I softened on the animated series after I did the whole watch of it for our see it or skip it. Um, but I got to agree, it's 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 poor animation. It's there's mistakes. I think at one point Scotty has a mustache in one scene, and then the next scene he doesn't, and somebody's wearing a pink outfit, and I mean it's just a mess. But it's Star Trek, and there's always good things to like about it. And I do agree, Jim. That is, I think is the best of the animated series episodes as well. And who knows, maybe we can remaster it and throw Michael Burnham into a scene. Oh, that would Ooh. be fantastic! Hey, maybe they could maybe they could remaster the whole thing and change everything. <laughs> oh, okay. Ouch. Not that you have very strong feelings about this at well, all. I, I can't do this on Trek ranks. I can only do it here on Trek Geeks. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure you are. I actually I love the pick of the say lot. You know, I like that it it gives Spock some more, you know, uh, depth to his character. I mean, obviously we know about him as a Starfleet officer, and we know about his relationship with Sarek, but it's interesting to see this this aspect of his childhood and the tough decision he had to make. So good thing he was there for it, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I see. What I like that. It does give his character more depth. I like the way you frame that. That's good. J- Jim, that's a great pick. So, Dan, I hope that your first pick in Say Something Nice is equally as thought-provoking. I hope so. You, you, I, not much that I say causes many people to think about anything, but I'll try. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, aggravate Amy Nelson to no end right off the bat. Because <laughs> yes. I am picking a TNG episode. It is TNG Season 1, Episode 5, The Last Outpost. Oh, wow. Yes, this is the first Ferengi episode, as people know. And uh, it's just, to me, it's it's not a great episode. There's a lot of things I don't like about it. Transporter malfunctions that cause people to beam upside down and be stuck in rock and horrible dialogue. Um, the, the, the portal dude on the bridge, his makeup was just so horrendous to me are you uh, picking to, uh, the ferengi whips no sorry uh, i'm i would like you to stop <laughs> with the interruption sir thank you very much um but the thing that i dislike the most about this episode is the f- chinese finger traps and how they're gonna send a bunch over to the ferengi because that's <laughs> to me is just beam all the tribbles over to the klingons from the trouble tribbles it's kind of the same thing but there are two things that i really like about this episode so i'm going to say something nice One, phaser whips. (laughs) Yes, love those. And basically, even though we see the Ferengi as a bunch of of moronic characters in TNG, to be honest, I never liked them in TNG. This is the start and the introduction of the Ferengi. And while, like I said, they're not great in TNG, the species evolved to one that I really grew to love, thanks to Armin Shimmerman, who was the first Ferengi we ever saw in Star Trek. Um, it makes me wonder what Deep Space Nine would have been like if the Ferengi had not been part of that series, which would never have happened if they weren't started here in this horrible episode. But I'm saying something nice. <laughs> Dan, that is indeed something nice. I think that's a great pick. I uh, I love it. I, I I don't mind this episode as much as, as you dislike it. But you're right. It's not a great start for the Ferengi. Armin, of course, it's good to see as the first Ferengi, although he was the first talking treasure chest in Star Trek history. Let's not forget that. In every episode, there is a silver lining. Oh, I see what you did there. Yes. (laughs) Jim, what do you think of Phaser Whips? I love this pick, and I've got something else to say nice about this episode. That awesome shot of the view screen with the Ferengi's head. Like up, that was like a that was an awesome 
the angles and the size of it just gave it really big scope. That was uh, that was great. <laughs> I'm not it joking. Me, <laughs> it reminds me of Wayne's World with the unnecessary zoom. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is that is what it looks like. Okay, excellent. Oh, we're going off the rails already. Well, my first pick for say something nice is actually a Star Trek Voyager episode. And yeah, I know. Although I'm going to say that as far as my pick distribution, I'm going to let a little cat out of the bag here. I've picked one from each of the the first five live action series. Okay. So I'm kind of spreading my picks around. So my only Voyager pick in this particular round of Say Something Nice is actually Unimatrix Zero Part 2, the season seven premiere. Um, It's an episode I dislike vehemently because, well, three words for you, anti-assimilation inoculation, which sounds like a bad schoolhouse rock episode. It's, It's the ultimate minimalization of the Federation's most dangerous enemy. And that's why it's never set well with me one bit. Uh, partially assimilated. Hello, you th- data wouldn't have come up with that. Come on. So while this isn't a great episode, I am going to say something nice. And honestly, Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski do a really good job of creating some real drama and tension that really kind of has shades of best of both worlds. And then on top of that, Kate Mulgrew is totally solid in this episode from start to finish. I may not like the end product of the episode, but man, do I respect the hell out of her performance and what Brandon and Joe tried to do with the tone of the episode. Uh, Jim, what do you think? This will not be our first Joe Minoski reference of this show. I will say that as a little tease. Uh, I, I like this pick and I agree that her performance is spectacular. That is an awesome pick. I'm trying to think. I mean, there are reasons I also don't like this episode. Mostly, and you're going to hear this on Trek Ranks because <laughs> we just talked about it last night. The we did one-off romances, and the I used the romance between uh, Seven and Axum as one that no one should ever pick because yes. yeah. because they have no chemistry, and that guy was really not a very impressive or dynamic actor <laughs> in any way, shape, or really wasn't. but I, uh, I do, I like the Borg part of this and, and you, you don't make a terrible point about the uh, partial assimilation, but you know, they learned so much about the Borg while being in the Delta quadrant bill. So they, they, they did. They, they did. A, unfortunately they cut the Borg off at the knees and, and made them no longer scary, which is really my biggest complaint about Voyager. Um, but you know, it's maybe I'll change. You know, I, I've I've come around on things like you know canon and the animated series, and I don't think it's canon, but I, I don't discount it either. Um, but I, I'm softening in my old age, Jim. All right, I'm going to go back to my my clear say something nice is a pretty it's pretty damn good cliffhanger on Unimatrix when they uh, yeah. over and all three of them are bored and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> that, was, that is that is a great cliffhanger, Dan. What do you think about uh, about Unimatrix Zero and my pick? I like your pick because I have talked more than once on how one of the things that I dislike most about Voyager is they took the greatest threat the Federation has ever faced and turned them into a bunch of wussies. Um, I don't like the what they did with the Borg and Voyager. I understand what you're saying, Jim, about they've learned a lot, but you know there's been species that have been battling against the Borg for centuries in the in the uh, 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 Delta Quadrant, and it only took you know captain janeway a couple of weeks to figure out what they needed to do to really you know do damage so it's always kind of bothered me that being said um 
I always love the special effects that are in the Borg episodes on Voyager. I think that they did a great job with them. Um, that's about the only thing I'm going to say nice about it, though. But good pick, bud. Okay. Well, that hey, that was painless. We got through one <laughs> round pretty easily. I think we're on a roll, guys. And so, Jim, you're up next with your uh, your second pick for Say Something Nice. Okay. I'm going to uh, – this is another big one here. I, I'm, I'm going big with my first two. The animated series and now – Number two, I'm going to give you my five words and a hashtag. Oh, do it. Five words, tone deaf, offensive, best forgotten, hashtag how. And it is TNG season one, episode four, Code of Honor. I don't need to say anything more than this is a racist piece of crap. It's a terrible episode. Everybody knows that. But the thing I'm going to say nice about it, and it's uh, I give credit to Mission Log guys on this one for sure, that realization that – a few years back when they were doing their episode that if you turn off the picture and just listen to code of honor, it's still not a good episode. I mean, by any means, it's still not a, not a great episode, but it changes the perception of the episode and it makes it actually more of a passable and digestible little throwaway story Hmm. without all the the images. So I was always, that, that always stuck with me on that mission log analysis of it. And that is one nice thing you can say about code of honor, turn off the picture and just listen to it. And now it's not a racist piece of crap. (laughs) Dan, what say you, sir? Um, On the advice of my attorney, I'm going to refrain from saying anything about this episode for now. Oh, wow. Well, I I will say, Jim, that this actually could have been a secondary system of mine. This is one I considered. And honestly, for all the reasons that you stated on both sides of of the fence on this one, totally a racist piece of crap, as as Jonathan Frakes has said in more colorful terms. And, um, And you're right. If you watch this with the picture off and just listen to the sound or even just read the script, or, you know, it's it's a much better episode than it seems to be. And there's there's some Star Trek in there. I'm not going to lie. So uh, I, I think this is a great pick and and um, and well done, sir. Kudos right. to you. Right. Yeah. Five words and a hashtag. I know. I'm, I'm psyched about that. I love that all day long. Dan, how about your second pick and say something nice, sir? Well, um, Code of Honor. Oof, that's oof, I can't wait to talk about that later. Anyway, um, yeah, my uh, second pick, and and I should say, I don't know if we said this up front, these are in no particular order, whereas we have on Trek Ranks, we'll have five to one. My picks are in no order. There's nothing that's, you know, I like or dislike better than the other. Um, so for my second pick, <laughs> Scary I'm going to go, go old school. I'm going TOS, people, and I know that's sacrilegious, but I'm going TOS, season three, episode twenty-three, the Omega Glory. Oh, wow! I love this pick. I, I know. Got a ton of nice things about this one. I got. I have some nice things to say now. If you remember, Bill and I talked about this episode last July as part of our celebration for the United States Independence Day, and we had a lot of fun talking about it. We had a great time discussing it, and there are some good things. But there's so many things in this episode that can be troublesome. It's why it's on my list. It's unrealistic to the nth degree. I mean, and there is there is racial profiling like you would not believe this bigotry your cat agrees jim um and i understand that the episode came out in the middle of the cold war but it is definitely made clear in this episode that the yangs the yankees are supposed to be the superior race on the planet over the combs who are obviously the communists and i think the subtlety there from mr roddenberry is a little bit um much 
I guess is the best way to put it. But I'm going to say something nice. And this is nice on a plateau by itself that nobody can ever touch. Because no matter how bad an episode is, we get the best Shatner Kirk speech in the history of Star Trek in this episode. We, the people speech. It is magnificent. It is one that I will never get tired of. And that's what I'm going to say nice about this episode of Omega Glory. It's Shatner at his best. Absolutely it is. Jim, I know this is a this is a big time TOS episode. What do you think? I love this pick. It's great. What I would say nice about it, and equal to what you say, because I do agree that his speech is is top notch and uh, goosebump inducing. But it's actually a pretty good episode for about two thirds of the way through, and then it kind of goes off the rails. But I always i I always like uh, um, oh, I forgot his name, <laughs> Tracy, Captain Tracy. Sorry, I always like when Captain Tracy is like we trained. Four phasers, and still they came. Fantastic. (laughs) There's a lot of good things in Omega Glory, although it's not a good episode. You know, I've come to the realization you don't do enough impressions on Trek ranks, Jim. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> no, no, it was not. And yes, I do. <laughs> I, I have to confess, I, I have a, a special place in my heart for Omega Glory. As as, as some people, you know, uh, may love it or may hate it. It's just a it's a comfort food episode for me. I know what it is, Dan. You're right. That speech at the end is the best Kirk speech in the history of Star Trek. Um, and, and there's something about the fight between Captain Tracy and Captain Kirk where, where Captain Kirk uses his ass to take him down, I think is just fantastic. <laughs> very, very, <laughs> a very nice thing to say. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to go with my second pick. And this one is actually from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. What? And I'm going to pick. Yeah, I know. Hmm. I know. I'm going to pick season four, episode 21, The Muse. I knew you were going there. Which, in my opinion, is the absolute worst episode of Deep Space Nine. Wow. There is, uh, the A story is terrible. The B story is worse. And there's little redeeming about this episode. However, I'm going to say something nice. Mm -hmm. This is Majel's last performance as Loaxana. And although this script is terrible, she is always a joy to watch, especially as the relationship between Loaxana and Odo has grown because it's become one of my favorites in Deep Space Nine. Those two characters get a connection that Loaxana never got with another character in Next Generation and that Odo really only gets with Kira after this. So for as terrible and as putrid as this episode is um, for the Jake story, the interactions between Majel and Renee really shine for me in this particular episode. Dan, what do you think? I think that's great. Um, I'm having, I think it's the cold, which is causing some memory loss. I will say, is this the Luxana one where she's married to the guy who played Kang? Um, she's pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. Right. And um, and she marries quote unquote marries Odo in order to get out of the relationship. That is a fantastic um, part of the episode um, because of what Majel does uh, with Odo. I have to agree with you there. I'm not as as negative on this episode as you are, Bill. It's not one that I that I love, but it's not one that I dislike either. Um, I've always found it. I found the 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 alien who was sucking the life force out of Jake kind of creepy. Her eyes freak me out every time I watch that episode. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting pick. I like it, and I like the reason why you 
said something nice. Oh, thanks. Jim, uh, I know that uh, the Muse can't be ranked all that highly on Trek Rank. So uh, what do you think, buddy? Pretty sure it's third from the bottom. Everything you said about it, completely accurate. It's a terrible episode. But the heart and emotion between the scenes of Odo and Loxana are actually really pretty strong. It's too bad they didn't frame it around something a little bit stronger and better. And I didn't realize it was her last performance. And that's that's fantastic. I, I, I love this pick because that is something nice you can say about a terrible episode. Yeah, and and really was thinking about episodes like this that really made me go, huh, I guess there really is things to like about some of these real terrible turds of episodes. So um, uh, now the sad part is is now I have to go back and rewatch the muse again because I love that interaction. So now I have to suffer through that thing just to see that one gem. Can I offer a suggestion, Bill? Just yeah. because, because, because I love you so much, and you know, I'm saying something nice. Why don't we deep dive that episode on a uh, on a future episode of Trek Geeks? That sounds fantastic. Actually, right. that would be fun because the oh, the Jake <laughs> storyline is so bad. Oh, it's oh, it's so God, bad. It's so and I feel bad for Sirak in that episode because I mean, they're finally giving him something to do. You know, so. He's not just wearing, you know, bus upholstery for an episode. And <laughs> no, he, um, no, you're wrong because he was wearing it in that episode. Because I just, <laughs> I watched it about three weeks ago on my DS9 rewatch, and he's, and he's, I think he's pretty much wearing that exact one in the in the meme. Well, and he's not just wearing. I mean, they actually oh, okay. gave him some something to do, and unfortunately, what they give him to do is just drek. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Jim, we're on uh, what would be the equivalent of the soup round on Trek ranks. We're in round three. Um, and the ball is in your court, sir, to say something okay. nice. Okay. Round three. Here's my five words and a hashtag. Ugh, kids. Keep them, Aldeans. Hashtag cool my cat. So it's the episode When the Bow Breaks from TNG. It's season one, and it ranks like 165. Pretty sure it's like bottom 12 or bottom 15 on Trek ranks. And I don't like this episode at all. I don't like the kids. And I have two nice things to say about it. One is the amazing maquette of the, uh, the custodians computer core that they reveal like in the last five minutes of the episode, that's running the big uh, uh, cloak for this planet that the Aldeans live on. And that there's a shot where they walk into that room and it's unbelievable. It's one of the best effect shots early on where they kind of split screen it. It's a tiny little model that Michael Kuda built with the help of Gary Hutzel, Rob Legato, and Rick Sternbach, who are four legends below the line at, uh, at Star Trek. And that shot just looked fantastic in that episode. And I love that moment. And my second thing to say nice about this is Mackenzie Westmore was in this episode, who is Michael Westmore's daughter. And uh, it was the host of Face Off, a show that I love and went on to she appeared in Voyager, too, in the episode Warhead. Um, And I love her. So uh, she was it was great that it's funny to see her in this uh, in this episode as a as a little kid. So those are my two nice things to say about when the bow breaks an episode I do not like. Those are fantastic. I have to agree with you about that that shot of the the uh, the main computer core, whatever they they want to call it there, because you're right. It is awe inspiring. It is one of the the classic effect shots in all of Star Trek, and it happened so early on in TNG that I think it was a sign of things to come with that show. Great, great pick, man. Love it, 
Dan, what do you think about uh, when the bow breaks, buddy? It's I don't think about the bow breaks, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of this episode whatsoever, but if I have to find something nice to say, I'm going to say that I'm a fan of Wesley Sweater. I've got one. I love it. <laughs> He wears it in this one. So that's what I'm going with. That's all I got, people. <laughs> wow. El Guapo, that is a nice sweater. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm crossing t- timelines and genres and all that. Well, that's fantastic pick. So, Dan, round three, say something nice, mon frere. Well, I got something nice to say, but again, <clears throat> I'm going to do a quick count right now as we're going through it. We already have three TNG picks. Isn't that hysterical? That let really me, is. Let me add to it, okay? Because so I'm going to add to it right now. I got TNG, season seven, episode oh 14, oh everybody's favorite candle, yes, Sub Rosa. <laughs> wow. You know, we've ta- we talked about this one on See It or Skip It and how bad it is and, and how it's one of the worst of the series. Uh, probably is, it's one of the worst of season seven, that's for sure. Um and it's there's so many bad aspects about this. It's just it's uncomfortable to watch. It's it's kind of gives you the the willies when you watch it when you watch it Beverly and I don't even want to get into the details. But um, there weren't very many episodes specifically for Beverly, and there were a couple, but not a lot. And there certainly weren't many that were good. And one of the things I'm going to say nice about this episode is Gates does a good job with the Bantha Poodoo of a script that she's given here, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I cross the streams and I'm proud of it. Um, <laughs> the, but I got to say, the, the thing that I like the most about this episode, and you really have to look for it, is the humor that the production staff had when they were doing this episode. If you look in the graveyard, the gravestones in the cemetery, they reference other genres and I think that's fantastic. I love seeing Easter eggs like that. One of the gravestones is McFly from Back to the Future. Another one is Vader from some other space thing. So it's it's pretty cool that they were able to do that. But um, you really have to you really have to stretch and dig down deep to find something nice to say about the, this episode. But uh, I'm proud that I was able to find at least something. I I am too. I'm stunned, quite frankly, Jim. Uh, do you have anything nice to say about Sub Rosa? Do not light the candle. <laughs> it's um, the Jim Morehouse impression hour here on Trek. So I do the I like your point about the uh, hidden Easter eggs because there's also a shot in this of a ship manifest where I can't remember what was in there, but they had a lot of like old TOS references. Nice. Like Talos 4 and things like that. I, I, I remember correctly from this episode. Dan, you just said something nice about Sub Rosa, and that is fantastic. But I'm going to need you to explain to me a little bit more about what Beverly was doing because I don't, I'm not following. <laughs> um, on Trek Geeks After Hours, we'll be looking at Sub Rosa. Okay. <laughs> well, see, Jim, when a man loves a woman, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. Uh, or I should say, when two people love each other, because I'm sorry, that was far too gender specific, and I apologize. Um, I think the only thing I can say about Sabrosa is the same thing I said on See It or Skip It, and that is at least it's not Aquiel. <laughs> that's, that's true. Very good point. Will anyone say something nice? About <laughs> that is, oh. We'll see. We got two more rounds. We'll <laughs> oh, I I don't. I, I might I might jump out a window if that happens, and Dan would be ecstatic. <laughs> um, 
And so my third pick in Say Something Nice is um is going to be a series finale. And uh-huh. I have to go with, with Star Trek Enterprise, season four, episode 22. These are the voyages. And I mean, uh-huh. okay, let's enter into the record. Pretty much nobody likes this as a standalone episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Can we all agree on that? Yes. Um, it, it doesn't, it did the cast a bit of a disservice. Um, it's a great, it's an okay TNG episode, but, and it's an okay episode of Star Trek. It just, it wasn't the way that Enterprise should have gone out. However, if I'm going to say something nice about this episode, I have to give a lot of credit to Jonathan Frakes because at the end of the day, he brings such warmth and gravitas to this episode. You know, the scene where he pauses the holodeck program and gives to Paul a kiss on the cheek is so sweet and tender. And I can't help but smile when that happens. It is just Riker through and through. And even the scene with T'Pol and Chef is really kind of great. And I think it's it's honestly one of the best moments in the episode. So it's it's probably the thing I enjoy the most about this episode that I just, I really don't care for. Now, Jim, as the Enterprise Extra... You probably have some strong feelings about these or the voyages. This was on my secondary systems. Nice. I, uh, I was thinking about considering it. And the nice thing I was going to say was similar to kind of what you said is that it's actually not a, that bad an episode of Star Trek, just an episode, whether it's TNG or I mean, if it was the middle of season three on, on Enterprise, it would have been, oh, it would have been okay. Maybe not a home run, but it would have been okay. As the finale, it obviously doesn't work and didn't work in any uh, in any way. So that was the nice thing I was going to say, and I love your call out. the The Riker's performance is strong. the uh, The chef structure actually is not that bad, and the scene with T'Pol is really, really good. It tells us a little more about T'Pol, and I think it it humanizes her character. I think a little too late in the series. I mean, we've suspected these things about her, but she actually comes out and says them, you know, and trusts somebody to say them. And I think that that's depth that I wish we would have had, like say season two or season three. You know what I mean? Which, which is echoes what we're saying. If it had been a season three episode, that yeah. that would have helped make it stronger too. Dan, what do you think about uh, These Are the Voyages? It's a great pick. I agree with what you say, Bill. The thing that I say nice about it is one of the things I love about TNG and Deep Space Nine, which didn't happen in Voyager, was the amazingly emotional and powerful final scene of the series finale. The uh, Picard at the poker table pulling out pulling back and out of the ship and you see the shift dripped off into the galaxy. Same thing with DS nine with Jake and Kira looking out the window towards the wormhole and pulling away from the station. Didn't really get that in Voyager. They were just returning to earth and spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. Um, and, <laughs> but enterprise, the final scene with enterprise where they were able to wrap every series into that final scene was phenomenal for me. I love that aspect of that episode. That's a great comment. I, that little montage is nice. I do I do appreciate that part. And you hear voices that are familiar and, and fond. And that, that's a great pick. So, um, gentlemen, we're through three rounds. We made it through the soup round. So we're in the home stretch. And that means we're headed to number two or round two. And uh, Jim, I, I suspect you got a pick that is not going to disappoint. All right. This one is a deep cut. My five words and a hashtag Forced fighting metaphor, basically incomprehensible. Hashtag, but a Boothby sighting. So we got Voyager season five episode, The Fight. It's the nice. episode where 
I don't even know what's going on. Chakotay is he's like being invaded by chaotic space aliens, and he's fighting them one. in some. Yeah, he's fighting them in a boxing ring in some kind of weird metaphor. By the way, this was written by Joe Minoski, who likes to do his head trip type uh, yep. episodes, yep. similar to Masks. And he actually did Lethe was kind of a head trip episode too in, in Discovery, which he wrote with a little bit with Dead Sullivan. So, but that was a good one. Um, yeah, I really have no idea what's going on in this episode, but I'm gonna I gotta give a shout out to Boothby as Ray Walston. And speaking of last performances, this was Ray Walston's last performance as Boothby, and one of his last performances right before he passed away at the oh, age wow. of eighty six. And I love Ray Walston. He's a legend, been in everything from my favorite Martian to Mr. Hand and Fast Times at Richmond High. To the Sting and South Pacific and the apartment. He's in he's in just a million things. Great actor, great character in Trek. And it's kind of a bummer that this was his swan song, but uh, but that's my nice thing to say about the fight. You know, it's it's amazing. I had to look this up while you were talking about it because I had totally forgotten about this episode. <laughs> Don't blame you. you yeah, it tells you something about the fight. But i have to uh, I have to imagine that that you're right. I mean, Ray Walston is great in everything. He's such a, you know, a, he's an actor who worked for a long, long time in so many great things. Just such a wonderful talent. And um, yeah, this is a great pick, dude. Dan, what do you uh, what do you think about the fight, buddy? Got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> and you know why? We we haven't gotten to we haven't gotten to that season of see it or skip it uh, on Voyager. And as I said on every episode that we've done, there's always one episode that I just have no recollection of. Guess what? Yeah, it, it is the is most. It. There is, there. Is, I mean, you we'll watch it and have no idea what's going on. It's like, I, what, what story are they even trying to tell here? It is. I believe confusing, that it's a confusing mess. That. Speaking of confusing mess, Dan, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what did you tell us about your fourth rounder? Well, um, I think it's time to fire those uh, defiant torpedoes, uh, my friend. Oh. Because we are going to have a duplicate. I'm picking TNG Season 1, Episode 4, Code of Honor. It nice. Is, it, is, it is blatantly racist, as we have already talked about. As a matter of fact, uh, Jonathan Frakes has a famous quote about what he thinks about that episode, which we can't repeat here on this family-friendly podcast. Um, but it's horrible. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just so many bad things going on. But there are some nice things to say about it. First of all, I will say that the um, the battle between uh, Yar and um, oh her the name of the girl is escaping me, but they have the funny microphones uh, attached to their hands with the poison uh, spikes on them. Um, that's kind of cool, um, and that poison is pretty strong because when it hits that one guy, he's dead. I mean, he's just like done, dead. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of cool. It's like a gym set that they're bouncing around on, which is kind of neat. But um, if it wasn't for this episode, as bad as, it, as bad as it is, we would never have gotten no vaccine and no Lieutenant Yar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Mm, that's so uh. Yeah, that is a keeper. I mean, that is imminently quotable. I mean, whenever you want to make fun of this episode, um, which is really all you can do. But uh, thanks for thanks for bringing the in, the impression this time, Dan. That was fantastic. It's my pleasure. It's a shame I don't do any on this show. So um, like, no, it isn't. You're not good at them. Oh well, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Uh, Jim. Any other thoughts on Code of Honor? 
Uh, asked and answered. Asked and answered. Excellent. <laughs> well, let's move on to my fourth round pick, the penultimate round, if you will. And um, I'm going to go all the way back to Star Trek, the original series mm-hmm. on this one. Yeah. Ooh. Season two, episode 12. The episode is I Mud. This is an episode I've never liked, not even as a kid. I, I For me, it's one I always thought was at least as bad as And the Children Shall Lead. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Harry Mudd until Star Trek Discovery. And I thought that this episode was really just kind of ridiculous. Um, uh, usually if I'm rewatching, I have skipped over it in the past. I'm not going to lie. However, since this episode is called Say Something Nice, I'm going to say there is a really kind of a whimsical quality to parts of this episode. And the cast really gets to have fun and break out of the standard portrayals of their characters. You know, those scenes where they're trying to confuse and confound the androids really adds to that. And we kind of get to see the crew in a different light. And that that part is kind of enjoyable on some level. I may not be a huge fan uh, of this particular installment, but I can definitely appreciate how the cast got to step outside the box on this one. Jim, what do you think about uh, I Mud? I love that pick because it is pretty fun. I actually don't hate this episode. I find it, I don't know, there's something uh, kitschy and charming and and uh, campy about it that I think works. And I think that's an awesome pick because the cast is clearly having a blast. And if I was going to say something nice, I would say, Hardcore Fenton Mud, where have you been? Have you been drinking again? Sorry, my, my impressions are terrible. Why do I keep doing them? No, actually, you sound <laughs> just like Stella. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, Dan, what, what do you think about uh, my iMud entry into the, uh, into the Say Something Nice? Hardcore! Is that better? <laughs> wow, dueling Stellas. This yeah. is fantastic. I, I love the um I love the whole um scene that you talked about already, Bill, about um you get to see them kind of playing, even though it's a very dangerous situation with trying to confuse the androids. The thing I like the most about this episode, which there's not a lot to like, the very beginning with Norman when he takes over auxiliary control. That's that's surprising. That shocked me. I mean, it was one of yeah. those great. It was one of those great prologue scenes in TOS. Um, and there could have been so much more to this episode, but there wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that nicely put. <laughs> but as, you know, Mud's not always been the 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 most loved character in 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 TOS history. Mister Caramel does a great job with what he's given. Of course, we got the new Mud uh, in Discovery this year, so he was kind of reborn into a, uh, a a character that we're familiar with, but is also a little different. But yeah, I Mud. There, there, there's a lot of. This is one of those ones that has a lot of divisiveness. I think a lot of people either love it or a lot of people either hate it. Yeah, I I think that's true. And I think that the Rain Wilson version of Harry Mudd translates better to the Mudd's women Harry Mudd in the original series. I agree. Because let's face it, Harry Mudd in in Mudd's women is not a nice guy. He's not comic effect. He's he's kind of a scumbag. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, And I think that Rain Wilson does a nice job of of setting that up for the future. So. Um, uh, that's kind of why I've come to appreciate that Harry Mud. Um, n- nothing against Roger Carmel. I mean, like you said, Dan, he did great with what they gave him to do. Um, it's just it's it's never been a favorite character of mine. So, okay. Well, gentlemen, here we are, the final round of say something nice. Can you feel the anticipation? I can. I'm a little sad. Ooh. It's real. 
It's almost real. over. And Jim, it's about to get real with your final entry in this, this, because this may be a, you know, a recurring thing every now and then, your final entry into the very first ever Say Something Nice on Trek Geeks. Say Something Nice. This is an awesome idea and I'm loving this episode. Okay. My five words and a hashtag, Sylvia Korov's natural state, hashtag terrifying. It's hokey. It's a Halloween episode, but I'm picking Cat's Paw from TLS. Basically, this is like the only stunt performance episode in Trek history where they like timed the release. It came out like four days before before Halloween. So, But I have two nice things to say about this episode. And one, something that I've always appreciated for since the first time I saw it. And one, something that just happened in the last few years because of some mutual friends of ours. So... First is those pipe cleaner, <laughs> furry, cetacean, freaky, ornithoid creatures. They are terrifying. They are the thing of nightmares. They, they haunt my dreams and I hate them in all the best ways possible because they really are effective. At the end of that episode, when they are shriveling down, they are so creepy. So uh, that's a huge plus to the, uh, to the, um, creators on that one I, I tried to look it up to see who designed it and they didn't it didn't have it listed so not sure at least on memory alpha but uh i love those love those pipe cleaner creatures and then second i'm gonna give a shout out to mr mike rittenhouse and the great band five-year mission because they wrote a song about cat's ball that actually opened my eyes a little bit to the cool story that's going on here between sylvia and karab that i think i just kind of passed over and never really realized in the fact that they came to this planet together and they were together and Sylvia's basically betraying Karab and Kirk's there and he's a little bit anyway the song is fantastic fiveyearmission.net look it up it's number two on Trek ranks for five-year mission songs and there's really actually a really good strong story there between Sylvia and Karab that I think people have missed and uh, Mike Rittenhouse wrote a great song about it. And there you go. Cat's paw. I said something nice. I love it. And I'm so glad you brought up the five-year mission angle, because if you didn't, I was going to. You're right. It's a fantastic song. And uh, I, I think you and I have the same number one and two on uh, on ranking five-year mission songs, because Aaron of Mercy absolutely is number one, and Cat's paw absolutely is number two. Love it. Yes. I love it. And this is a great pick. You bring up a great point about that. You know, we've seen some great cosplay of Sylvia Korob and the uh, the pipe cleaner people uh, at STLV in the past. And uh, Dan, what do you think about uh, the, the Halloween episode? It's funny because this is an episode that I, I actually like. Foxpaw has always been something that I've watched whenever it's been on. <laughs> I like watching it. I like seeing the humor that's in the episode. Um, and I love the pipe cleaner aliens at the end. This isn't one that I would have ever thought to put, put on my list of things that I have to find something to say something nice to because I like the episode. But I appreciate the fact that that some people don't like it. I know it's campy. I know it's, you know, it's very uh, holiday centric and everything. But uh, yeah, I like it. I, I think if I'm going to say something nice on and, and pick one specific thing, when they're in the dungeon and Kirk has got his hands up in the in the cuffs with the chains and he's looking at the skeleton and he's trying to 
be in the same position as the skeleton. I've always found that hilarious. So that's my say something. <laughs> that skeleton that's pretty that, good. That skeleton that he just pulled out of like the prop box <laughs> on the, in the back lot. I mean, it literally looks like a Halloween decoration. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's like they went next door to Mission Impossible and stole it from their warehouse. <laughs> but, and by, by the way, Bill, those cosplayers who dressed up as those. Uh, pipe cleaner aliens. I hate those two people because they t- <laughs> terrifying, terrifying. Anyway, no, they're awesome. They're incredible what they did with those with those costumes. Oh, it really was. It just, and I love the creativity that people, you know, engage in with their cosplay at STLV. And, and it was a great reminder that, you know, there's something to love about cat's paw. So, uh, Jim, that was a great five picks. I can't wait to hear your secondary systems in a couple of minutes. But Dan, you're up next for your final pick in the first ever Say Something Nice. Make it a good one, buddy. I'm going to try to do my best. This was a tough one for me to pick as one that I'll have to say something nice to because uh, there are several aspects of the episode that I like. But I went with Voyager, season one, episode eight, ex post facto. Um. And this is the one where where um, Paris is living the final moments of a murder victim uh, every so many hours. Oh, yeah. Because he's been found guilty of the murder, even though he didn't commit the murder. And the reason I put this on the list is they don't have a very good investigative team, investigation team on that planet, obviously, because Tuvok was able to figure it out in 46 minutes or, or whatnot. But the other thing <clears throat> that I didn't really like about this episode is it's very similar to one of my favorite Deep Space Nine episodes, Hard Time. When um, the memories of yeah. uh, O'Brien being in jail for 20 years. Um, so, but I'm going to say something nice and it's going to be kind of twisted. I think that the punishment for murder on this planet is awesome. Because <laughs> yeah. if they had something like that here on Earth, crime would drop like a stone, people. Um, it's it's very scary and, and, and mind-twisting. Um, to 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 have to think of living that for the rest of your life every I think it was twelve hours I forget what the exact time frame was but um, it's devious and and it's something that I actually like so that tells you what kind of person I am but uh, that's what I'm going with that's my final pick people and I'm sticking yeah wow wow <laughs> hashtag sick and twisted thanks man <laughs> yes sir. um. You know, I have to say that uh, I just I'm, I've never been a big Tom Paris fan. It's not a character I particularly enjoy. And, and I think it was really more two dimensional than some of the other Voyager characters. But I have to say, I really like Paris in this episode. Um, I, I think it was the right pick for the character to go through this. I don't think it would have been as interesting a story if it had been Harry Kim or even Chakotay. So um, I, I suppose my nice thing is it, is that, that Tom Paris is is really kind of solid in this episode, and I, I enjoy that that aspect of it. And I like the Jim. What do you think? I, I know you're a huge Voyager <laughs> fan. As I you am. love all of Star Trek. What do you what? think about the ex post facto? One, Tom Paris has a ton of depth. You got to get through it, Bill. You got to watch it all the way through. He has so much growth. Such a great character arc. Two, I hope Dan Davidson never becomes Attorney General. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah, and. Three, I'm going to say something nice about this episode, that the lead actress in this is beautiful, and the little dog is pretty cute. The dog is awesome. Uh, that's, about, that's about as far as I can go. Oh, and Tubok, any Tubok episode is, is good, so I like that. Tim Russ is fantastic. I do love Tubok. I'm not going to say that right off the bat. So, so let, me, let me just build on your comment for a second, 
uh, Jim. So if I become attorney general, this will be what happens for murder. And I may also enact something similar to what happened on Timison's planet that once you become a certain age, checking out. Dan, I think we're, we're in we're in no danger of you becoming attorney general because I have plenty of photos of you. <laughs> we're supposed to talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're just since we're putting all our cards on the table. Seven card stud, nothing's wild, and the, the sky's the limit, buddy. Okay, sounds good. All right, so my final entry into say something nice. The only episode, the, sorry, the only series I haven't talked about of the original five live action series is Star Trek: The Next Generation. I saved this one for last, and anyone who knows me probably knows what episode I'm going to bring up, and that is season three, episode fifteen, Yesterday's Enterprise. That's oh. right. I am entering in the episode that that blows Jim Morehouse's mind as to how much I can't stand it. Into my say something nice. First, I'm going to say. Everybody that has listened to Trek Geeks probably knows why this episode is on my list. There's an entire episode devoted to it from last year during TNG 30. Um, it's just, it's not what I dig. I think it's, I think it's clunky. I don't think it's a, it's a dimensional shift episode that's written well, and it sets up future events that are just horribly architected. That said, I do have to say something incredibly nice about this episode. And this truly is some of the best scene work that Denise Crosby ever got in Star Trek. She was wasted in season one. In this episode, there's no talk of rape gangs or how drugs are bad, even if they make you feel good, Wesley. (laughs) Tasha Yar has a real dilemma here, and she takes charge of her own destiny. And she convinces Picard that this is what has to happen. And it is impassioned. She is empowered. And she does what she thinks is the right thing in the finest of Starfleet traditions. So for that, I have to say my hat's off to Denise Crosby and how she just acted the hell out of this episode. Jim, you have to at least appreciate that I'm coming up with that. That is exactly why this is an awesome episode. So I got nothing else to say. You just uh, you just listed the main reason this episode works, despite your issues with the with the uh, time scenarios portrayed in this particular episode oh thank you but uh yes that that's that is a great pick because that's the strength of this episode her stuff with uh, richard castillo is uh fantastic and so is the guy and stuff so uh, dan what's yeah yeah (laughs) i was i thought you were gonna okay (laughs) no i was gonna say want to go to red lobster shooter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dan, what about uh, what about you? You have to appreciate that I'm dropping a little bit of love on yesterday's Enterprise. If it wasn't for yesterday's Enterprise, we would not have gotten, let's make sure history never forgets the name, Enterprise. One of the best lines of Star Trek Next Generation. I love it. Um, yes, there are a lot of people that disagree with you, Bill. Um, but then again, you took something that you didn't like and you found something nice to say about it. So I commend you for it. I have to say to what, Something that Jim just put out. If I'm going to say something not nice about this episode, I can't stand Castillo. Oh, what? He's great. What? I have That's never liked dude. him. And it might be it might be the guy who played him because all I see is shooter. That could be the reason why I feel yeah. that way. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Bill, I, I, I give you I give you kudos for coming out and sticking with your guns and and uh, and going against the grain here with this pick, man. Nice job. 
I can hear Amy Nelson's head exploding just as I was announcing that pick, she's man. She's texting me right now, and she hasn't even heard it yet. <laughs> it's Amy from the future. <laughs> wow. Well, gents, those are our five rounds for Say Something Nice. I'm sure you both may have some runners-up, or as the Trek ranks parlance is secondary systems. Jim, uh, what didn't make the list for you? All right, so just a couple of quick ones. We had uh, These Are the Voyages, which you, which you picked. And then I was going to say something nice about author, author, which most people who have listened to Trek ranks or followed me on Twitter will know, I think is the worst episode ever of Voyager because it's untrue to character and the portrayal of what, how the doctor treats his crew is just vile and mean and nasty in in a way that uh, is indefensible, but the holodeck scenes are pretty, they're pretty funny. So the tone of the episode is terrible and all wrong, but those holodeck scenes are actually pretty funny. So I'll, I'll say something nice about author, author. And then the episode Mary from TOS, not a good episode, but it has Michael J. Pollard in it. And he is the young child actor who is kind of leading the grups or not the grups, but leading the kids. And, He's a great actor, guys. And everything the guy was in in the 60s and 70s was awesome. He was a, uh, nominated for an Academy Award for Bonnie and Clyde. Love that guy. He's really good. And then my last pick, Bill and Dan, Mm-mm. is from Aquiel. It had a nice, big, fluffy, furry dog. And yes, he turned into a big pile of something. But uh, for a while there, they had a really beautiful, fluffy dog hanging out on the Enterprise. So that's one uh, nice thing I could say. That makes me. That makes me think of a question, uh, and I don't want. I don't want to put you on the spot, both of you guys. So I'm going to ask it. Is there an episode that you can think of off the top of your head where you just can't say something nice? Um. Wow. Hmm. Uh. No, no, I, no I, I, there's always something. Yeah, yeah. I, that's it. I think that the, I think that putting this episode together has taught me that there's always something nice to say, even if the episode is total dreck. Like, mm-hmm. we'll take in the children, she'll leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I was just um, thinking that it's not a great episode, but when there's the the scene where Kirk is showing the the kids the the footage of their dead parents on the planet, yeah. the colony. Yeah. That's really emotional, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you see those kids start to cry and you can't help but feel empathy for them. I think that part's a really con- well-constructed scene right. in an episode that is otherwise just a fat lawyer in a shower curtain. That, that's way deeper than what I was going to say. I was going to say it had the cool UFP flag for the first That's time. what I was going to say. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, Dan, uh, do you have any secondary systems that need discussion? I only had one. Um, I didn't really spend too much time on, on secondary systems, but I will pick one of the movies as one of my secondary systems or my secondary system. And I'm picking nemesis, which I think is by far the worst of the, of the star Trek movies. I thought it was a horrific send off to an unbelievable cast, but, uh, the special effects in this movie are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the space battle scenes are amazing. The, the, the zooming in on Romulus at the beginning is great gorgeous and the special effect of when the uh uh senate gets disintegrated is really is really well done so those are my things the things i'm saying nice all have to do with death <laughs> i know it's <laughs> i'm gonna get you a good therapist <laughs> wow my um my lone secondary system after the one i mentioned earlier has to be a uh, star trek generations to to enter in another movie into the uh mm-hmm 
into the record. Um, it, it's not a great movie for me. I think it's the worst of all of the films. Um, but I, I do think the thing I like the most is the scene where the enterprise, D saucer section crash lands on the planet and you cut to the shot of Deanna having her reaction, you know, just sitting there shaking and crying. And you really kind of get the sense that this ship that has kind of been their home for the last seven, eight years is, is really going to meet its, its tragic end. And, and you can see the effect that it has on everybody, but I think her reaction is the most pronounced and, and certainly the one that, that kind of grabs you the most. So that's kind of the nice thing I have to say about that. Wow. That's a good pick, man. I love those picks. And and you can hear us discuss the Battle at the Basin's Riff on episode 25 of Trek Rankings with the Trek Geeks. Wow. Uh, five epic like space battles. Oh, it's a fantastic episode. We had so much fun doing that. Jim, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. We figured that you were the only person to kick this kind of episode theme off with. And like I said earlier, a lot of it has to do with the inspiration provided by your very awesome podcast, which is top of my queue every time it drops an episode, man. Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. And before we go, I'm going to continue the Trek Ranks takeover by relaying some stats. We have- Oh, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Oh, you're stealing my thunder. You have this. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, actually, I want I'm, you to do them. You, well, you're I better at them than What if I get them wrong? What if I, get, what if I have something wrong? You got so we it. had one animated series reference, one Deep Space Nine reference, and one Enterprise reference, three from TOS, three from Voyager, and leading the way with <laughs> six nice things to say, TNG. So Amy Nelson will be really happy or will she be upset? I don't know. That is awesome. Well, she'll probably be happy that I called out a really great Deanna Troy reaction in, in Generations. That, Ooh, that'll probably that'll make be her happy. Yeah. Oh, you mean, the, you mean when she destroyed the ship? That reaction? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that one. That's the one. <laughs> Jim, tell everybody how they can find you and Trek Ranks uh, on the, the glorious interwebs that we all participate you in. You can find us on TrekRanks.com. You can find me on Twitter at Enterprise Extra and at Trek ranks and our podcast is at the tricorder transmissions podcast network. I love it. We love tricorder everybody there so much. We, we talk about them at the end of every single episode and, and your show is no exception. So many great shows over there on tricorder. And, um, I know I've, I'm backlogged so much that I've got about 30 episodes to listen to. You know, it's funny, just a little bit ago, we were talking about five-year mission songs and ranking them. And of course we have to thank the guys of five-year mission because Dan, they are every ounce of music you hear on the Trek Geeks podcast. We love everything they do. And we especially love year four, which is available right now. You can head on out to fiveyearmission.net, get yourself that CD shipped to you or download the digital audio and get that in your ear holes right away. They are, they are doing one song for each episode of the original Star Trek. And it's, they're not a, they're not a, a parody band. I mean, they're not doing song parodies. They're doing actual songs inspired by these episodes. And it helps you see these episodes in a new light. I love it. You love it. That's fiveyearmission.net. Go get their music, folks. Oh my God. Spock's brain, trouble with tribbles or a couple of extra albums. Of course, year one, year two, year three, year four. That's a lot of albums. And when you get year four, there's a special track about what's coming in year five. That's right, Bill. They're going to be doing year five at some point. And, you know, because we had Jim on the show this week, I had to go Enterprise for this week's special episode. I had to do it. 
I may not have wanted to do it, but no, I did want to do it. Um, it's a great episode, Bill. I'm sure you're going to remember it. The Enterprise attempts to avert a war and is caught in the crossfire between opposing band member starships. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's full of drama. I'm not going to lie. Uh, at the same time that that's happening, Captain Archer, T'Pol, and T'Pau aim to take a legendary artifact to the Vulcan capital and use it to reveal a sinister plot to the rest of the Vulcan High Command. Do you remember this episode, Bill? It's very, very good. It's the third part of the Forge arc, 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 arc. And it's the Kir Farka. Check it out. Uh, Vulcan. Lots of drama. See, I thought you were going to go with the episode that Morehouse was in and call it a Farkening. I'm not ever going to do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's fiveyearmission.net. Please download all the music, become a big fan because we are too. Dan, next week, you are going to be enjoying a well-deserved vacation in what is your favorite place that is not Star Trek, namely Walt Disney World in sunny Orlando, Florida. But that doesn't mean Trek geeks won't be on vacation too, does it? Trek Geeks is never on vacation, my friend. No, no, no. You're the executive producer, and you make sure that we get those episodes out every week. So whilst I am enjoying Haunted Mansion and Splash Mountain and all other kinds of Disney merriment, a new episode will be available of Trek Geeks uh, when you and I deep dive into the reboot of our beloved franchise. You know, it's caused divisiveness since before it was even released. And we're going to cross over into that Kelvin timeline to discuss at length lens flare and Romulans and Spock and old Spock and so much more. It's Star Trek 2009 on Trek Geeks, your independent Star Trek podcast next week. Bill? It's hard to believe that movie is almost 10 years old now, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> and, it hold, and it holds up so good. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just thinking about the fact that 10 years ago, right now, they were shooting that thing. And that's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it. But, <laughs> well, don't do that. Yeah, that's oh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's next week on Trek Geeks. Dan, of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want to remind everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at thetricordertransmissions.com. Obviously, you've heard a lot about Trek ranks tonight. Trek Profiles, which uh, has me coming on their latest episode, is – is out now for Patreons, and uh, the regular episode will be out soon. And they've got Weekly Trek, they've got Surely, they've got Drawing Trek, they've got Reading Trek, they've got all the tracks. It's a fantastic podcast network with something that you're just guaranteed to love, so please check them out. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Treks, yo, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 139 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. And coming soon to a podcast listening station near you, we're going to deep dive into all of the awesome tasting things that you can get with Coca Trek. Coca Trek? No. You think? No. Okay. No. Sorry.
Bing bong. Oh, I like the little ver- reverb in there. Can you do it like Britney Spears? Bing bong. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, can I, can I do it terribly? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is, is she a singer or is she not a singer? I, I'm going to say no. I, well, l- allow me to rephrase. She has recordings that she has sold, but I don't know that I would classify her ever as a singer. And she has a Vegas show of her own now. Um, that so. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? So, so do Penn and Teller, and Teller doesn't say a word. <laughs> and it's probably a better show. <laughs> Much better. Doing great. How are, okay, so return with me now to the days of yesteryear. We're about a year and a half ago. You mercilessly mocked me for going to the gym with my wife and Did said, I? oh, my God, you're going to be in so much pain. Oh. <laughs> so to level set, everybody listening this week, you went with me to the same gym. I did. And I would like for you to describe for me that how you felt the day after. I'm going to I'm going to phrase it the same way that I phrased it on Facebook when I posted something about it. My upper body wasn't too bad. Felt pretty good. My legs felt like they had gone through a meat grinder and then someone sewed them back together with piano wire without any type of anesthesia. (laughs) That really is the roughest part, Um, especially getting up and down from a seated position. Not only, you know, what was worse for me was stairs going down. Oh Oh my God. Even walking to work when we have to go from the sidewalk curb to the street, was excruciating. Yep. It was oh. awful. I'm better today, but oh, God. Well, it's because it's been almost a week at this I, point. I know, really. I feel like I'm ready to go back again and start all over from ground zero. <laughs> <laughs> now you know exactly how I felt day one. Oh, my God. And, and and I said to Sue the other night, I said, I hope this doesn't happen every time I go to the gym. And she looked at me and she goes, no. I was like, well, I don't know. I've gone to the gym and killed myself like this before. It gets better. Yeah. Well, I mean, like anything else, you know, you, you develop, you know, the um, the, the muscle that, the, that is hurting. So, Or an addiction to painkillers because I'm going to need them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a reason for the opioid crisis in New Hampshire. No, you know, it's, it's gymming. That's true. Yeah. No, I, I like I'm glad that uh, I finally got to go with you, man. I'm looking forward to when I get back from Disney to starting a regular routine. Ha! And now you get to see what I've been doing yes, for a year and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time you saw some of these people doing these things in your brain, you must have been like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. I was exactly that. <coughs> uh, I just know that a bunch of us were smiling inside knowing that you were freaking out. I'm just gonna <laughs> I, wasn't, I don't say I don't want to say I was freaking out, but I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. But I did. And I was happy. You- you did, and that's the thing. And nobody starts off as a ninja. Everybody's got a horrible day one. Yeah. What was that? That was my ninja. Ninjas don't make noise, Dan. That's why they're ninjas. Okay, here we uh, go. Now, oh, now here's my ninja. Ready? Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. I wish the rest of the podcast could be like that. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ah. Thank you. What are you drinking? I, uh, I'm on my second cup. Lord knows I need it. My allergies are in overdrive today. And uh, I have a cinnamon sugar cookie. Very nice. I'm trying something new that I found in the coffee closet this morning that I didn't know was here. I was a little hesitant, but I decided to give it a try. Chocolate orange. 
Interesting. And it's not bad. And it got the thumbs up approval from the missus. So it can't be bad. That sounds way better than coconut. Oh, my God. No. How about coconut, chocolate, orange, cinnamon, chicken uh, cookie? I want to punch you square in the larynx. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds horrible. That doesn't sound great. No, it doesn't sound No, great. no. Why, why do you do these things to yourself? I don't, I, I'll try anything that's coconut flavored. Oh. Yeah. We got some, we got some cookies, like some some protein bars for the trip for Disney, and they're I forget they're Nature's Valley, I think, but they're 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 really good cookies. And in between is coconut butter. Ooh. They are awesome. Everybody in the household loves them, so I had to hide them so they don't get taken before we leave. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. think you're in any danger of that. My God, that sounds putrid. <laughs> no, it's, uh, maybe I'll bring one for you tomorrow and I'll shove it in your face. I will not eat it. I didn't say you'd eat it. I'm going to shove it in your face. Yeah, I'm going to shove it somewhere for you, mister. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, hey. you're you're welcome. <laughs> Say something nice. About you, it's, it's damn near impossible, but I would rather say something nice about Star Trek episodes that I dislike. <laughs> oh, hey, that reminds me. I got a good idea about an episode we can do. Yeah? <laughs> you know, I, I think it, it's the best or the most appropriate thing in the world to have the guy who constantly finds something nice to say about Star Trek do this episode. I, uh, oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Yes, it is. Good old Jimmy. Jimmy. All right, Jimmy boy. <laughs> oh, and now I'm going to punch you twice in the larynx and you're not even going to know it's coming. I did that for you because I know you love Finnegan. Say something nice. Oh, uh, I'm going to have to do that on a future one because I don't have it in the in the uh, docket for today. Uh, but well. I. I I see this becoming a recurring feature every now and then. Kind of like see it or skip it. I think that's a great idea. I love it. Let's 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 let's, let's put that down. Write it down. Put it on the calendar. <coughs> let's uh let's let's jot that down in pen. Yes. So it doesn't okay. change. All right. That's what I'm getting from you. All right, you uh you ready to do this, there, Chief? Let's do it, there, monkey. All right, there, sassafras. Let's go. Uh, all right, there, liver lips.